Hello, and welcome to the Growth Mindset Podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration and exploration. Join me, your host, Sam Harris, as I discover how mindset can help you do incredible things through my conversations with the world's most interesting people, from tech billionaires to leading scientists, best-selling authors to notorious hackers. The goal is to increase our collective wisdom and attitudes to make us all happier and healthier, wiser and wealthier. Who doesn't want that? Welcome to 2019. Good start, Sam. Welcome to 2019. Another year has gone by. It was whisked away by the continual passing of time that we have no control over. Like a great river, our life has flowed through 2018 unrelenting. For some of us, it may have been filled with predictable stretches of calm, whilst for others, it could have been full of surprising turns and cliff drops. For most of us, there will have been days that felt full of opportunity and like we had direction in our lives, and other moments where we felt drained and lost. Regardless, we have collectively all travelled the 940 million kilometres around the sun, and we're back in the same position where we started last January, and every January that we've ever been alive for, if you think about it. I mean, okay, if you really think about it, then this only works if your reference point is the sun. If you count the centre of the galaxy as the reference point, then we've moved lots, or the centre of the universe, then God knows how far we've moved. But anyway, we're back where we started last year, is the point. And traditionally, this is a great time to recap and think about your life and what went well, and what went badly, and what you want to do for the next year, and to make it the best year yet. It is also conveniently the same time as a big holiday where you get to hang out with family and friends and just not work so much, which aids the process of analyzing your life and perhaps making some big decisions. Now those holidays are over, you may have come up with some ideas. So whether it's your career, relationships, hobbies, or your health, the chances are you want to meddle a little bit with your current way of doing things and improve. So this being the Growth Mindset podcast, it does only make sense to dive into the topic headfirst and get you making the best resolutions ever as this podcast is literally here. It may or may not come as a surprise to hear that only 8% of resolutions are actually kept. So I'd like to tip the odds in your favor with some of the best psychological hacks for actually making a resolution stick. I'm gonna run through the eight main tools and processes to use and break down why, when, and how to use them. So firstly, any fans of Simon Sinek will not be surprised to hear that we have to start with why. Choosing the right why is the foundation of changing a behavior and will make such a difference to whether you have the motivation to get there. This may sound simple, but it's crucially important and it's also harder than expected to frame your why in the right way. It needs to be a real personal addition to your life that improves you on your own terms rather than an influence from others or something that feels like it's restricting you. So perhaps you might want to be healthier and lose weight. Your why might be something like, I want to lose three kilos. Now, yes, it's specific, it's measurable, and it's like a good target, but it's not really a good why. It's um, it's just not a motivating idea that will energize you to achieve it. Instead, your why should be focused on what is added to your life. Maybe you want to just rock a six pack or have a great body for the beach. Perhaps you just want to fit better clothes or just be able to keep up with your friends when they go running. These are all benefits that add to your life and just make you have more fun. And it's just a lot more motivating than just trying to hit an arbitrary number of weight loss. Another bad example of a why might be that your spouse told you that you need to lose weight. Now, if your why is just to please them, it's quite negative. Instead, it should be coming from a personal motivation that you 
want to be the best husband you can be. You want to be a rock star in the bedroom. You want to ensure you can spend more of your life together on holiday rather than in hospital. Now, that does sound pretty morbid, but geez, it's much more positive and motivating. Because for me, my fictional wife was already annoying me, giving me the sense that I had to lose weight just because if she says that I'm getting fat, I can already picture myself resenting the gym and her if that's my reason to be getting fit. But instead, explaining it is a way that I can spend more of my life having fun with a woman that I love rather than in hospital or stuck at home. Then yeah, I'm already considering cutting short this podcast right now to go for a run. I mean, screw you guys. I've got a life to be living. Okay, maybe I got ahead of myself there. I mean, awkwardly, I don't have a life or a wife. So I shall carry on with the podcast. I shall restate that your why needs to be a personal addition to your life that improves you on your own terms rather than being an influence to fit others' expectations or something that feels like it's restrictive. Number two, have a vision. So directly linked to your why should be a vision of your life once you have achieved the goals that answer your why. An amazing example of changing your life by using vision is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now you may love him or hate him, but his ability to make radical changes in his life by using a powerful vision is just astounding. So as a young guy during his obligatory army service, he had the vision of becoming Mr. Universe. His dad thought it was a weird and pretty gay thing to be doing, to be honest, and No one really thought he could do it, but he had this crystal clear vision of himself with perfect muscles, lifting the trophy above his beaten competitors, and and he just went for it. He created DIY workout equipment from anything he could get his hands on, and even when he was driving a tank all day, he'd jump out to squeeze in an extra half hour of working out whenever possible. And then he just managed to go from a nobody to becoming the most successful competitive strongman ever. Like, amazing. But then his vision changed. He wanted to become a leading actor. So Hollywood laughed in his face. This dumb strong man wanting to be a movie star? Like, sure, he could do some funny roles as a minor character, but no one would take him seriously in a lead role. But he had the vision, and he just pursued it relentlessly. He practiced his English, he went to acting school, he pursued anyone who would listen to him, he put his bodybuilding career on hold, and he smashed that as well. He he became Conan the Barbarian, he became the Terminator, and just a massive cult icon as a leading movie star. But then, as he became older and wiser, he had a new vision, politics. Now, the entire world was laughing at him. Who thought this bodybuilding and Hollywood star would have any knowledge or insight to play a part in politics, let alone lead the state of California? But he had the vision of himself winning the election and governing the state to improve the world around him. You should note that California is a nation which is more powerful than most countries in the world, and a place that Arnold was not born in. So despite being a foreigner, he still could see himself being the governor of the California. Being the governor of California. He starts taking all the right actions to get there. He proves he has the policies and ideas in place. He goes on a political tour to prove to the people he can build a California that the people want. And he just smashes it, and he becomes the governor of California. And just to think that any of these things could have been possible, it's just quite ridiculous let alone all of them happening. And that is the power of having a good vision behind your resolutions. So what do we learn from this? That having a crystal clear vision of what your success will look like and what are the steps you're going to take in your everyday to get you there and what you need to put in place is crucial. Many people might have a bright idea of themselves being rich or successful or super healthy, 
but they never picture the hours of diligent work on their business ideas or in the gym to get there. You really have to see what your life is actually like and what it is that you're going to do that will get you to the goal. And then just relentlessly focus on getting there, regardless of whatever comes in your way. The most important thing is that you have a vision, that you have a goal. Because without that vision and without that goal, again, you're drifting around and you're never going to end up anywhere. People don't become successful just by accident. Number three, start small. So this is kind of funny after the grand vision stuff of the last point. But to get to your big, hairy, audacious goal, the first step should just be a small step. Having a go big or go home mentality is quite dangerous and will often end up in you just going home. And sure, there are some outliers. And on the podcast, I actually interviewed a bodybuilder who literally switched from being a meat eater to a full-on vegan just from one conversation. But for me, it took me a process of years to go vegetarian. And that's fine. I got that. It (laughs) It doesn't matter. Uh, a classic case is someone might decide for their New Year's resolution to be healthy and they give up cake, drinking, smoking all at once and they start going to the gym. But it only takes one low moment of willpower to succumb to a cigarette or a drink on a night out and suddenly all of the pillars come crashing down and the next day they're in bed with the Domino's and the Ben and & Jerry's and all of their dreams of a diet and going to the gym are just completely out of the window and they never take it back up. So if you've never been to the gym before, it's unlikely that you're going to smash out one hour of weightlifting or a five mile run the first time you go. And if you do, you'll probably have cramps so bad for the rest of the week that you can't actually move. Um, So it can be better for some people to just get into the habit of turning up to the gym. As in, you don't even do any exercise, you just make yourself get dressed and show up three times a week and it becomes a routine. And then you start with small exercises that don't give you cramps and work up from there. Number four, make one change at a time. Leading on from the starting small point is to just make one change at a time. This allows you to incrementally improve your life and turn something into a habit that isn't going to come crashing down before you start on the next improvement. This reduces the willpower needed to change your life at any point in time and greatly improves the chance of success. Some goals might be simple, like drinking a green tea a day. However, A big complicated goal of weight loss requires many things like diet, which is both portion size and what is in the food that you're eating, and then doing things like more exercise, drinking less, sleeping better, not smoking if you do that. You may have also decided that you want to become more knowledgeable on world events and brush your teeth for three minutes twice a day and develop your public speaking career. And that's great. It's a new year and a new you. But suddenly you have a lot of things on your plate all at once and even trying to start on any of them is a challenge. Each of these can be broken down into things that you can improve on in steps. And you might want to start with the easier ones first, so you're making clear steps on the path and have momentum to take on the harder ones. You might want to try having five fruit and vegetables a day and cutting down the number of cigarettes you have before you actually quit smoking entirely. It is said that you can achieve anything in life, but you can't achieve everything. The point here is that you have to make choices to be successful. Now, making them can be hard, but if you succeed in this, then you'll be much more likely to succeed in what you actually want to do. A great analogy is the story of the donkey. This fable tells the story of a donkey in the middle of his stable who is very, very hungry because he hasn't eaten in weeks, but he is also very thirsty. On one side of his stable, there is a big bale of hay. It's very tasty, but very dry. On the other side of the stable, there is a bucket of water. It's only water and it wouldn't satisfy his hunger at all, but it would satisfy his thirst. 
The silly donkey stands in the middle of the stable trying to make a decision, but he wants both of them all at once and he can't work out which to do first. He keeps looking left to right and ultimately he just falls over in exhaustion and dies of hunger and thirst. If the donkey could rationalise the future, he'd probably just drink the water and then eat some hay. Now what you'd want to do is not be a stupid donkey. The point is that if you rush around trying to achieve everything all at once, you won't get very far. If you slow down and focus, you can achieve everything eventually, just not all at once. Derek Sivers has some incredible advice about concentrating on big life goals when you're young and you want to do everything. So if you have just a small new year resolution, this might be a bit much, but if you're thinking radical career and life changes, this should really help you. He gives the example of someone who is 25 now. They may have seven different directions they want to pursue. And you can actually pursue each one for about 10 years of your life. And you'll have done all of them by the time you're 95. Now, this makes the assumption that by the year 2088, it won't actually be unusual to live until 95. So this example may seem ridiculous to plan to the age of 95 when you are just 25. But it's a fact that's probably coming, so you may as well take advantage of it and stop trying to do everything now. You can fully focus on one direction at a time without feeling conflicted or distracted because you know you'll get to all of the others eventually. We have all done this on a small scale. With an impending deadline for a big project, we abandon thinking about anything else because of this big scary thing that is due tomorrow. We stop getting distracted, we stop doing other things, and literally, one day later, this big huge thing is already done. Now what if every day you could do a big huge thing because you just weren't running around doing lots of other stuff? Now expand that into months or years where you just focus on one thing at a time, knowing that you can do other things afterwards. The amount that you could achieve is staggering. Now most people overestimate what they can do in one year, and they underestimate what they could do in 10 years. So think long term and use the future. And don't be short-sighted and don't be a donkey. Number five, learn to enjoy it. If you have the right attitude, it's much easier to stick with something. I think there are three ways to really help with this. Firstly, how you explain it. James Clear from the book Atomic Habits has some great advice on this. If you explain something in the style that you have to do it, for example, I have to get up at 6am to go to the gym. I have to eat broccoli instead of chips. Well, it doesn't sound too appealing and motivating. And it's just a challenge every day that you have to fight against. If instead you explain it as something that you get to do, it feels much better. I get to wake up early and go smash a session in the gym. Woo! Yeah, I get to eat broccoli and enjoy all that amazing green goodness that is doing wonders for my long-term health. Then... It sounds more like a treat and not like such an arduous, horrible thing that you have to do to yourself. Secondly, embrace the challenge. Comparing yourself to others is just a bit crap. Life is a competition with yourself and not with others. If you can iteratively improve every day by 1%, the compound effects of that are huge. I mean, staggeringly huge. So don't worry about others so much or waste time worrying what people have achieved on Facebook, what other people lift in the gym, what cool guests or amount of downloads other podcasters have. As soon as you start doing that and comparing yourself, you are putting yourself in a losing position. Those people aren't you and they aren't in your situation and you will lose touch with what's important for you. Just focus on yourself and suddenly the whole thing is a game you can win at and you can just enjoy improving yourself. 
some amazing quotes on the subject. One comes from Mary Smith, or Smith, okay. One from Mary in her commencement speech as made famous by Baz Luhrmann's song, Wear Sunscreen. But she says, don't waste time on jealousy. Sometimes you're ahead, sometimes you're behind. The race is long and in the end, it is only with yourself. Or another one from Gautama, the Buddha. It's better to conquer yourself than to win a thousand battles. Then the victory is yours. That victory will never be taken away from you by angels, demons, heaven or hell. Thirdly, celebrate your wins. Work out cool things that you can do to treat yourself. When I was learning guitar, I had a guitar that I really wanted. But first I made myself achieve a level of proficiency first before buying it. If there are awards that you can place along the way for achieving milestones, this can really help keep you motivated and enjoy the process. Now the rewards do need to work for you. Some people, if they achieve a milestone on their health goals, perhaps having a day off for cake is a nice way to celebrate and it gets them going for longer. But for others, that could be a really dangerous thing to do. And suddenly it turns into two days of cake. The next thing you know, you have abandoned your diet. Certainly, if you imagine someone quitting smoking, rewarding themselves with a pack of cigarettes when they hit their month milestone of not smoking, that would be ridiculous. So be sure that your reward is sensible and ideally isn't something that is part of the thing you're trying to overcome. If the whole time you're getting fit, you're aspiring to be able to eat cake, it seems fairly unlikely that you will have a long-term change of eating less cake and being healthy. If instead, once you hit a milestone of weight loss or fitness level, your reward is to go do a fun activity like a day surfing or perhaps going for a weekend holiday in the countryside with a beautiful hike, it's much more likely that these aspirations will match your goals in the long term and you can enjoy your wins in a manner that makes it likely to achieve them for the rest of your life rather than just to achieve the goal to then go back to the problem you had before. Now a quick recap of how to enjoy the challenge by one, explaining it is something you get to do, then focusing on yourself and not comparing yourself to others and celebrating your milestones with cool treats that also help improve the habit further. Number six, share your experiences with others. Psychology proves that you are much more likely to achieve any goals you have by sharing them rather than keeping them private. If you tell everyone what you are doing, it's much more likely that you go on and then do it. If you keep your goals private, it'll just be your own little secret. No one will know about it and there's zero external pressure to make you succeed. You are already setting yourself up to fail. By boldly declaring your goals, you are setting yourself up for success. Furthermore, finding people with similar goals can help motivate you. Sharing your problems and aspirations with people in the same place can make the journey easier and less intimidating. Whether it's a major problem like alcohol addiction or something more simple like just wanting to read more. Joining a group such as Alcoholics Anonymous or your local book reading club will really improve your chances. If you're wanting to go to the gym more, having a gym buddy is very motivating on days when you don't feel like you have the energy. It's worth noting that you are the result of the five people you spend the most time with. So if you're with people doing the things you want to do, that will help a lot. And conversely, if you want to quit smoking, say, it's sad to say that you might need to hang out less with all your friends that smoke. So. Remember, share your plans with others and spend time with those doing what you want to do. Number seven, overcome your setbacks. Now, everything so far has in some way been a strategy to try and prevent setbacks from happening. But what about when they do happen? You can actually use your explanation style of the setback to increase your feelings of control 
and use your frustration to empower you to get there. Research has shown that people give up on their goals when they experience setbacks or failure. However, if you approach setbacks with the right mindset, you'll be more likely to bounce back. A really cool way to hack your mind and increase your feelings of control is to not focus on the fact that you failed, but to look at the entire story and analyze what caused this setback. So treat it as a process of learning how to achieve your goals and don't beat yourself up because you didn't get there instantly without a few upsets. See the journey to your goal as an adventure. It will have high points and low points, easy moments and hard ones. Try re-examining your actions to find things that you might have done differently. So perhaps you ended up snacking too much. This might mean you need to remove snacks from your kitchen. Perhaps you left your alarm on when you're recording a podcast. Perhaps you need to turn your alarms off. Sorry for that interruption. I think I smoothly transitioned that into the podcast nicely. Anyway, back to your snacking issues. Perhaps you might want to just work from somewhere where you don't have access to your fridge. Then you don't even have to put mental energy into avoiding the temptations when they just aren't there. Now this next point I really like. Realizing the fact that you have a second chance is a gift. Life didn't end and everything is okay. And hey, you've got another go. Remember that persistence is a choice. It's up to you to carry on down the path and you really have control of your situation and what's going on. If you need to change something else, like your surroundings and people you hang out with to get there, then do that. Recognize the success so far. Six months into being a vegetarian, I admit I did have a chicken burger. I'd been on this tiny island for three weeks where I had to eat the same thing every day. And I tried going to a different restaurant. The person, I didn't even understand what I meant when I said vegetarian. And they just gave me a chicken burger and, and I lost willpower. I was like, you know what, whatever, I'm just going to eat it. But instead of giving up in the long term, I was like, hey, you know what? I've achieved six whole months of being a vegetarian. That's not bad. I'm pretty sure I can probably go and do like a whole year now without it being a problem. By recognizing the success that I had had so far, I was able to use that to be even more successful instead of just failing completely. You should try and seek specific and critical feedback. It might be hard to see the whole picture from your position. You should get feedback from others to put the whole thing in perspective so you can see the wins and what's going well. In the snacking problem, it might take someone else to nudge you about the obvious point of just not having any snacks at home. Or it might take someone else to remind you that you've done really well so far and you can keep going. For me, the most important thing to remember is that if you're having setbacks, you're clearly taking on hard things. If you're living outside your comfort zone and having failures, this means you're learning and improving. Just because you took on something that was too challenging to do straight away, doesn't mean you're a complete failure. It means you're ambitious. You can take everything you've learned so far and remember you're now in the best place ever to achieve the goal. You definitely should not give up or stop now. And in the words of Arnold Schwarzenegger, because I'm rather liking him lately, strength does not come from winning. Strength does not come from winning. Yes, <laughs> strength does not come from winning. Your struggles develop your strengths. When you go through hardships and decide not to surrender, that is strength. I think that sounded more Chinese than German. Oh my God, that was awful. But on the subject of setbacks, I think my uh, accent was a severe setback that I did not let stop me from doing the podcast. You know, I just, I went for it. And maybe you'll remember that quote more just of how awful it was. Or maybe not. Who knows? Maybe you'll never listen to the podcast again because you think I'm an idiot. 
but the point is made. Setbacks are good and you can overcome them. Now lastly, number eight, prevent failure. Again, there are three ways to prevent failure. Firstly, keep a log. A log can really ensure that you are on track and in control of what is going on. Having clear data of where you're at at any point in time makes it much easier to make the right decisions to stay on track or to see what it is that's making you go wrong. For example, a food diary might sound lame and unnecessary, but it shows you exactly how much you've eaten. If you're trying to maintain like 1,500 calories a day, it will ensure you know what you can and can't have. When you go out for dinner with friends, if you've already eaten 1,200 calories, then you can only eat a salad. But if you've only eaten 1,000 calories so far and you've had a 500 calorie workout, then actually you have 1,000 calories left to play with and you can be a bit more adventurous at dinner. So it's easy not to notice or forget the little things that you eat through the day. And if you track everything, you just don't slip up. Secondly, make a monetary commitment. You can put some risk against it by betting your friends, but this might be a bit informal and perhaps hard to be accountable for. So I really like apps such as Stick or BeMinder. Stick, with an extra K, makes you set a potential contribution to a really horrible cause, such as giving your money to Donald Trump campaigns or your least favorite football team, etc. Then each week, you have to log that you've done the task that you set yourself and your money is kept. But if you haven't done the task, then the money gets sent to the campaign that you don't like. You could instead set to send the money to a charity instead if you just don't have the stomach to even consider letting your money go into something really bad. But either way, you have to have a second person on the app that will act as your referee to make sure that you don't cheat. It's a really good way to keep you committed and tied into achieving your goals. Other apps such as Gympact let you contribute to a pot of money, along with many other potential gym goers. So if you don't go, your money gets shared between everyone else in the group who did bother to go to the gym. But if you hit your targets and prove that you went to the gym, then you get your money back, plus the money of the other people that failed. It has been proven in various studies that a monetary commitment where you risk your own money is a really effective way of making you commit to the habit. It's a widely observed psychological phenomenon that people put in about five times as much effort to avoid losing their money as they would put into making the same amount of money. Now, this is just a really stupid thing that your brain does. And in general, this podcast is here to help you transcend the stupid things that your brain does. But at a moment like this, when you're trying to make your brain do something else, like take up a new habit, it's cool to use these idiotic flaws in your human brain to your own advantages. And now, that is a wrap of the breakdown of what psychologists have to say about forming new habits and sticking to your resolutions. For more tips and resources that I outlined, check out the blog post to accompany this podcast. And remember, one, choose the right why. Two, have a vision. Three, start small. Four, take on one task at a time and don't be a donkey. Five, learn to enjoy it by explaining it as something you get to do. Embrace the challenge to improve yourself and don't compare yourself to others. Celebrate your wins with treats that motivate you further. Six, share your goals so they are public and not private and find others with similar goals. Seven, overcome your setbacks by recognizing your success so far and learn from the mistakes that you made to help you get to where you want to go. And finally, number eight, prevent failure by making yourself accountable. Keep a detailed log to show what you're doing and make a financial commitment. 
I think this stuff is super important and this podcast exists to make you all smarter and successful. We've covered enough stuff this episode that adding more things will likely just be forgotten. So next week, we'll have some more top tips on achieving goals, along with some of my own plans for 2019 and some just really inspirational speeches that I just quite like. If you enjoy the show and want to encourage me to be creative and make more episodes just like this, then you can support me at my Patreon, patreon.com slash growth mindset. So I love making these episodes for you, and I would love to dedicate more time to it and to just make the best podcast possible. And with your support, I can do that. Other benefits from becoming a patron will include the chance to ask questions on the show to me or to guests and to suggest episode topics and suggest guests to be on the show. So if you like what I'm doing, send me some sweet supporting love. Or if you think the podcast is just terrible and really needs to improve, you can improve it with your money. Perfect. So head on over to patreon.com slash growth mindset and join the crew from as little as $1. You've just listened to an episode of the Growth Mindset Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your preferred app and give me a good rating as these go a really long way. If you are unable to give good feedback right now, try sharing the show with a friend who will, or just wait for the show to improve. If you have any ideas for the show or you just want to chat, then please reach out to me on Twitter at Sam Harris Tweets or Instagram at Sam Jam Snaps. Show notes and other links to topics discussed in the episodes are available at the website, growthmindsetpodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening. Give yourself a big hug from me. If you're with a friend, give them a hug as well. And I hope you enjoy your next podcast.